The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Shag and Flies. I am coming to you live, or not live really, from Chicago, Illinois. I don't know where you are, but you're probably not as far away as our guest Alex Chamberlain, who joined me and Ben live from Hawaii this week, which is where he resides with his family. Uh, We only got a little bit less than an hour and a half with Alex, which is pretty short by our standards, but we covered a lot of ground as per usual. Uh, Alex is one of the biggest names and faces in baseball data modeling who somehow doesn't yet work for an MLB team, so he talked to us a bit about how that came about. Uh, Super interesting stuff. We learned he is a big fan of bullpen carts. Maybe unless you're a closer, so, you know, you get your walk-up music and everything. Uh, He grew up an Angels fan, so we took the opportunity to remember some guys, because for some reason, the Angels franchise is great for that. Uh, The Order of Operations trifecta resulted in yet another highly disturbing discovery, but I will wait and let y'all find out what that is. And that is just scratching the surface. So, without any more stalling, here is episode 30 Christ, I can't believe we're at 30, uh, of Shag and Flies with Alex Chamberlain. If I, if I start answering the question like, without the, the, without the question in the cut, oh my God. then you're just like, what's going on? Leave it, uh, leave it up to the listeners to figure so out whatever you're like talking about. Well, you probably it. don't have – well, okay, so it, it happened on a floor. <laughs> That's super what's uncomfortable. What's he talking about? Now I kind of – I'm not going to get into it because now I'm curious, but – Anyways, um, no, so I won't. I won't do it. Don't worry. I don't want you to have to edit all around that. I'm not that cruel. Um, so, anyways, Alex, what's up? How you doing? I, I'm. I'm happy you're here, man. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm course. okay. I'm okay. Doing uh, good. You can see that it's. Uh, it's still daylight here, uh, where I live. Where um, Where are you? I'm in Hawaii. I'm the resident Hawaii guy. Oh. Really? Yeah. How long have you yeah. been in Hawaii? Uh, five, 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 holy, five and a half years. Been here for five and a half years. My wife's, my wife's Hawaiian. My wife's ah, from Hawaii. So, um, nice. so that's cool. how, that's how that happens is you, you marry a Hawaiian person yeah. and then you get and to go you, to Hawaii. And then you end up, yeah. 
that's yeah. the, that's really the reason why you marry a Hawaiian person. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. There's so no, there's no really other, no, no other redeeming qualities. <laughs> um, nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. You know, is, it so... tough, is it tough being like six hours behind everybody though? Yeah. Like, yeah, it actually is. Well, currently five. We don't do um, okay. uh, daylight savings, but so it will be hmm. six whenever that happens when is that it's going to be like march right it's going to be really soon in the um uh yeah yeah it's really like second week of march um yeah uh, it is it is and i i feel like i feel bad because i'm I'm in a couple of slow drafts right now i'm in four hour slow drafts in (laughs) um and i wake up usually just very groggy um at like 7 a.m and i i typically only have one hour left on the clock every single time oh man um and so i'm always like apologizing like and I, the thing is, like, I'm apologizing for being in Hawaii, so I have to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Oh, that God, I'm so sorry I'm, I'm in like, paradise. just waking up, and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, I, I'm in Hawaii. I understand how that sounds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing for – I'm apologizing for apologizing now. Um, but anyway, just I apologize for being so slow on the clock because I'm like, you know, I'm way behind. I also just routinely miss um, lineup setups. I, I oh, dude. will yeah, forget I that there's like a 10 a.m. game on the West Coast, or I'm sorry, uh, it's like a, a one o'clock game East Coast, so it'll be um, like a seven o'clock game here, and I'll wake up, mm. uh, and I'll have my coffee, and I'll look at my lineup, I'm like, oh, it's locked, okay, sweet, <laughs> um, so that happens, that happens a lot, um, so it, there actually is kind of some some downsides, but I, I, love, uh, I love all the games being done before midnight, mm. they're done by like 10, I like in football season waking up and having coffee and watching football that's that's, that's cool. fun you know yeah. you just plop down on the couch at like 8 8 8 15 or whatever and you're you just like you know watch football and drink coffee no one else gets to do that so um, yeah yeah that's you know there's pluses cool. and minuses that's cool which island are you on i'm on oahu right now we were on maui for a little bit and now we're back on oahu that's all do you so are you are you a um do you do any of like the water sports stuff surfing or anything like that no No. i do not i do not i consider myself an athlete but i have i have poor balance i have poor like uh like uh this way balance like i can you know i i'm plenty athletic side to side Mm. it's like baseball Mm -hmm. balance you know i'm good side to side but you put me on a snowboard or a surfboard or a skateboard (laughs) and uh all bets are off so um i'm also just a really bad swimmer I'm not very confident in myself. So there's, <laughs> it's there's a good just, thing you're on an island. Uh. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I know. So uh, just quintessentially not fit for. I'm, I'm sure place. swimming is not going to matter much while you're on. <laughs> no, no, Global warming, Ben. You it heard should. of it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so... we'll make sure that we're so far above sea level that when it happens, I won't have to. I won't have to swim to safety. Um, that's been funny, like our, our number one priority is making sure that I don't have to swim to safety at any point. Right. As, which, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> being that you've only been in Hawaii for five years, obviously you are not originally from Hawaii. So, what I want to know is, I want to know the Alex origin story. Where are you from originally? How did you get? to um to where you are now you're you know writing about fantasy baseball and all of that um i'm also curious and you know answer this in whatever order you want um i know you do a whole lot of data modeling you are definitely one of the more uh math heavy math intuitive people that i know in the fantasy community which is awesome 
uh it's it's something that i i envy the people who are so like math intuitive um so i'm also curious when you got into fantasy baseball writing um was the data modeling something that you were kind of into beforehand and then it, it was like a skill that sort of just applied to fantasy baseball or was it you got into fantasy baseball writing and you're like, you know what, I, I need to get into data modeling too. Like what, how did that come about? Sure. Yeah. So I, um, I'm from Southern California originally. I'm actually not a Dodgers fan and actually I'm wearing, um, not a, uh, not a Dodgers shirt, but a, a Puig destroyer shirt. Oh, nice. Puig destroyer. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh that's cool. yeah so this is this is six six i can't turn the right way six 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 um anyway so i'm not a dodger fan um although i don't have anything as a dodger i mean i'm a disgruntled uh angels fan um mm. you know very jaded um is and, there, is yeah, there such was, a thing as an optimistic angels fan at this point is there one who's like yeah at this point yeah it. it's just it's so it's like genuinely devastating and you know we have right i mean like there's you can't complain because you get to watch two of the best players on the planet and at the same time yeah. um yeah it's like it's devastating to just watch watch it be so inept it's really it's really impressive actually like if oh, you, if, you yeah. can, if you yeah. can step back and appreciate how bad it is and detach oh, yourself yeah. from the fandom you're like wow that actually is like really incredible that you can take two of the but best players two, in the world like, and, yeah two of the best players and maybe you just like, fuck it up spectacularly yeah. Yeah, just wild. Yeah. Have two players really who are like making history every game, uh-huh. and then yeah. you lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's that, there's that tweet. There's that tweet that's like, uh, God, oh. this, it's a really good tweet too. It's like oh, something about like Mike Trout setting a record. Shohei Otani did something for the first time since three three toed so and so from the yeah. 1921 Akron Groomsmen, uh, and the Angels lost eight to three. And yeah, like, that's, exactly. <laughs> evergreen. It's, such yeah, a, truly evergreen. it's so tone perfect. It's got to be. It's a Hall of Fame. It's an easily yeah. a Hall of Fame. And it's um, it's crazy because the Angels were such a paragon of consistency most of the 2000s into the early 2010s oh, yeah. too. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that, some of those lines. Nineties, early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, there was a year I remember. I want to say it was like 2008, 2009, when everyone in the lineup, like top to bottom, the nine starters were all, if not over 300. Yeah, yeah, that was, and the, of course, that was, was the first time that it ever happened. Yeah, I remember that. It was, uh, yeah, it was during the heyday. Yeah. You know, and right, yeah, right. It's just like a scrappy guys, you yeah. know, just like, but like the classic, yeah, the classic Angels, right? Ivar. Mm-hmm. Um, I just. It's absolutely remembering some guys like Gary D. Sarcina and like <laughs> Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson, oh, uh, Garen Erstad. There's Garen one of my Stad, favorites. Jim Edmonds was gone. Um, you know Troy Percival. Troy Percival. Troy oh, Percival. Man. Benji Molina. Anyway, Mo- yep. <laughs> um, this is anyway. now for the next hour. We're just gonna start just remembering angels angel from the nineties and two thousand. <laughs> anyway, I um. So I was born in California. I'm from Orange County. And then I, I've always been a math guy. Like I've always, um, just like I, you know, I nickname at some point was the human calculator. Um, nice. you know, I was always the best and fastest at math in every class I was ever in. Um, it's just kind of always been my thing. I'm now actually very slow at math because I'm so heavily reliant. Hmm. on uh technology and also i don't so, do it as much anymore i let so excel do our, it what our math teachers told us would happen 
actually oh absolutely my brain is just like, decaying you're not gonna remember are we, math and, and i are we any calculator all the time like, <laughs> yeah, I, say, I mean true 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 <laughs> i do i do feel just mentally like i feel like i i am in some kind of like mental degradation phase though just like you gotta you gotta practice those things because they yeah. will fade i thought i was gonna be invincible and just no math forever but i i do not <laughs> hardly no math now anyway i was always really good at math um, found out kind of in high school that I was good at writing too, and um, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, ended up majoring in college, double majoring in journalism and economics. Um, so that was always kind of like uh, pairing those two items together of writing and uh, math savvy stuff. I ended up getting a master's in economics, which is really just like a poor man's statistics. So I'm like, uh you know i'm like okay at economics and also very okay at statistics and that's just enough to get me employed somewhere um but it's really good for 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 fantasy baseball um and i i didn't know what i was doing at the time where's the story going it was my my <laughs> uh it was my second year of grad school um and Fangraphs just posted like, hey, we have job openings. It was like the first time they had job openings in, in years and years and years. Um, it was probably like they're, you know, they've only had like two big hiring waves in the last probably uh, seven years or so. Um, and uh, yeah, so I applied. Uh, I didn't get hired. Um, I, this was like a, a, a salaried, like standard Fangraphs gig, like not oh, Rotographs, yeah. so not the yeah. fantasy side. Uh, but I didn't get hired, but they were like, but, uh, this sounds like fantasy stuff that you want to do. You should just, we'll, we'll send you to Eno and Enosaurus and, and Eno, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let us know, or we'll let you know, you know, if he's, if he's interested. Um, and he was, and he took me on board and that's kind of just how it's been ever since. So I, um, right. I like learned the modeling stuff in school. Um, again, poor man statistician. So I didn't learn it particularly well. Um, my background isn't super strong. Um, it's mostly just well-practiced. Um, there's still a lot of stuff that I could know or be better at. And, you know, I'm busy sitting here on Twitter these days watching these like 19 year old kids in stats classes with all the savant data. And they're like talking about, I don't know what they're talking about. So, um, you know, there's definitely like, it's very humbling. And like, I think people look up to me as someone who, uh, you know, is, is very, is very math savvy and I, I am, but there's also, you know, there's always, there's always going to be people who are better. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of the, the respect and the the recognition that I get, but I'm also like, guys, I just like, I'm faking it just as, as well as anyone else in here. You know, we're all doing our best. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. But anyway, that's a, that's a long, a long answer to a short question is it's, it was never planned, but the, the math came before the the fantasy baseball stuff it just kind of preceded it nicely that that makes a lot of sense if you're i can see how just if you're good at math you could be drawn to fantasy sports in general just because they're Mm -hmm. that i think being good at math definitely gives you a leg up because if you're able if you're smart with statistics and stuff especially in fantasy baseball like that that all automatically just gives you a slight advantage i think 
if you know how to apply it. I think there's kind of the, there's like the gambling instinct element to it too. It's kind of like if everyone, anyone's a real savant, uh, pun not intended, with math. It's not me, but I'm sure everyone's gotten the, have you ever tried counting cards type thing? Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I think everyone's always, there's, for those of us who are not particularly numerically gifted, I think there's always kind of a, like, almost, uh, like, mystical element to it like can't you just like unlock the secrets to winning everything <laughs> by quantifying it right that's that's what yeah. you well, you're you're touching on a lot of things here you're touching on a lot of things i um i i think i i became very interested in math because of baseball uh because of 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 statistics i mean baseball statistics you know metrics i should say maybe is the correct word for that and this is this is the early 90s mid nineties or whatever. Um, when I'm, you know, collecting baseball cards with my dad is also, um, you know, watching baseball all the time. Um, he played softball twice a week. He was always, uh, you know, he was always keeping, he always kept stats. He, he, he did the books, he did the score books, but he also every single season kept stats for everyone. And I think that was just like his, his kind of like very remarkable but strange kind of uh obsession with doing this which i think is just like to me is normal like i'm like i always want to keep track of things um i want to know how good or bad people are on my team or you know whatever like if you're coaching a softball team or managing a softball team you want to know who you should bat eighth or second or whatever like it it makes total sense that he would want to do it makes sense to us it doesn't make sense to my wife um you know (laughs) that he would want to do that and so like from the start like being exposed to um like literally like microsoft excel from an early age but also just the idea of um tracking metrics understanding what these mean watching my dad do this religiously um under trying to understand like what the numbers on the backs of the cards mean understanding why they're good or bad and this is back in the day with batting average and and home runs like it's not right you know advanced but just kind of like nurturing that curiosity from a very young age and also just loving to play baseball so like just having the intuition for it also kind of cultivated from a really young age so having that like um that interest in the sport but mostly i mean very specifically in the numbers part of it and that very specific interest kind of cultivating my love for math like that's kind of really where the genesis of it is and obviously there's a natural talent kind of thing to it too because you can't just like baseball and then suddenly be good at numbers um but you know it was just kind of like it was a it was a happy marriage of the two from a really young age and so that's always it's always been in the forefront um and my dad has been playing fantasy baseball since 87 or 88 so wow. i've always known from that young age too that he's he had fantasy baseball teams and i always wanted to play um or and you know and i i didn't understand that i didn't have to be in his league like I, there's there was no there was no like no one told me that like you could be, you could make a league with someone else. I was like, this is just, this is just the one league that exists. One day I'll be <laughs> invited into the league. The and until league. then I'm just going to ask my dad all the time about his league. Um, so basically like finally he invited me to the league when I was like 20 or 21 or whatever, but my whole childhood, like being genuinely very interested in his fantasy baseball team and wondering how it was doing um, kind of, again, kind of in, in tandem with liking baseball numbers and, and statistics and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's just a, a, a nice like boiling pot of very specific baseball interests 
from a very young age that definitely like led up to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny hearing you talk about um, <laughs> your dad keeping stats for his uh, uh, softball team. I just, just to relate, I grew up with my dad. Uh, he doesn't do it anymore, but he used to keep score at, uh, we would go to Orioles games all the time and he would keep score. He would get the program and he'd teach me how to keep score. And I really kind of fell in love with that. And then I was, when he was coaching my little brother in Little League, I was the team scorekeeper. And then I started keeping an Excel sheet of stats for literally my brother's like nine-year-old Little League team. There you go. And, and giving my dad stats. And he would, he would, I don't know if he actually used them. But he was like, oh, thanks. This helps me figure out my lineup or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely get that. Um so I'm curious. Do you, do you, you keep score when oh, you go right. to games? Do you? I'm oh, curious. yeah. Do, do you, you keep score when you go to games? I don't. I don't actually. I don't. I um, huh. I don't have any interest. No, I'd rather just. I I like watching. I I am very much like a a casual uh baseball fan when I'm at a game, and I'm like more than happy to like if my wife is going. She's curious about uh food and drinks and like who's the mascot and like when do the kids come out in the field in the third inning to do like games and stuff and i'll humor her on all those things we're more than happy to walk around the the stadium and and not actually watch anything that's going on i'm very much like not there um to watch the game i will i will pay attention obviously but it's really i'm not i'm not like that other hall of fame tweet where he tells his kid to shut the f up i'm calculating win probability you remember that one too that's also a hall of fame tweet that's not that's not me at a game i'm actually very much the opposite um so no i don't do any books don't do the books at the games yeah i think one day when i'm old though maybe i will yeah i'd like to become that guy i i try because i still i was taught to keep score and this is something that I've heard from other like people who just kind of fall in love with stats for some reason or another. That's what happened to me. I don't know why, because I don't like math all that much. I'm not. I was a history and lit major. I write. <laughs> that's that's what I do. But I've always I was taught to keep score when I was seven, you know, by an old friend of my dad's. And I still go to a lot of games and I still keep score every time I can. And I've thought to myself many times over the past couple of years, especially as I've gone to more and more games, like what is the per- why am I doing this? Like what is what is going what am I gaining by this? It's not even like I'm in, I'm in the press box and it's, you know, actually helping me keep track of stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's something, it's something that you do. And I, I find it well, enjoyable, but I think I you're kind of get a, I think you kind of get a souvenir is the way I kind of look at it. Yeah. It's, it's like you, it's, it's like a souvenir of like, here's exactly how the game went. It's, right. And it's, it's a narrative. It's yeah. just not the written That's word, true. but I, you know, you can yeah. read it and be like, that was when he hit, the game-winning home run right in the ninth yeah, right it's, and it's you can just story. look at it and maybe you can even visualize that hit you know without with by just reading the box score or not box score but the uh you know your scorebook so I've, you... I've heard that people say that too so yeah what's this that is, uh, I, I this is off my wall because the frame broke broke recently but this is actually this is a scorecard from mark burley's perfect game in 2000 i was literally oh, about to ask if you yeah. kept score when you went oh to that. Yeah. i it's did one of my yeah. favorite games of That's... all time it's oh my god incredible game but that's like yeah i I think to myself like that's why you do it yes because then you know something like happens you have that and then i think to myself i've already seen a perfect game what the hell do i need another scorecard for (laughs) well it's also it's Uh, also sort of like it's one of those oddities and quirks about baseball though that yeah uh, that that i think makes it great because you can experience the game so many different ways you know yeah yeah exactly um 
I am curious before we get to baseball, I do want to ask, well, I guess we've already been talking about baseball a little bit. Uh, <laughs> before we get to the more baseball focused questions, you mentioned that um, around high school, you figured out that you liked writing. I'm curious if you could explain that a little bit. Like, uh, how did you how did you figure out that writing was something that uh, you enjoyed? The the just to kind of like give you a prompt. The way for me was it, it happened kind of by accident. I never thought I would do writing ever. I just thought I was good at essays, like it was easy. And then I got into newspaper in high school. And I was like, oh, wait, I actually really like this journalism stuff. And it just kind of like happened by accident. So I'm curious, how did you figure out when you were in high school that like writing was something you really enjoyed? Um, it's pretty much the same exact dumb story. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had, a, I had I, you know, four, four years of high school, four English teachers. I had two that were very nurturing. Um, one who was very um, – the, the second one, my, my sophomore high school teacher – I'm sorry, my sophomore English teacher was, um, was very, uh, I mean, I keep saying the word nurturing, but she, she, she was like, she, she took a a strong interest in my writing. She really wanted me to, um, you know, be, be kind of, uh, not, not proud, but just like, uh, and not even necessarily enthusiastic, but just to, to kind of have like the, the, the self-confidence, maybe like the self-esteem about my writing to, to, to feel, um, to, to feel confident in what I was doing as uh, samples of examples of strong writing because she thought that I was uh, very capable, I guess. And that was always kind of like the, the genesis of it. I actually, my, 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 my junior and senior year high school teachers when I was in uh, AP English and AP literature or whatever, um, and I don't, you guys are probably like the same age as me, it seems like. Um, Zach, I don't know if Zach is a, uh, is an infant, but, uh, I'm, I'm 31. Okay. I'm How 31. Old are you? You're 31. 31. Zach uh, is I'm five. 26. I'm, 26. I'm five for, for all intents and purposes, you know. Um, the advent, I was into the advanced placement classes. And so you're, you're either familiar with those depending on where you live or they have some kind of similar thing where you get like the college credit if you if you pass and you you get a certain score in the test and they always taught to the test and um both my 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 junior and senior year teachers were very um not nurturing they were very they were very critical of me because i wouldn't listen to their kind of like the, the i wouldn't i wouldn't adhere to the formula that um that you use to write an essay that passes the test i i wrote right like a human being you know i i constructed a narrative and i made it compelling as opposed to being like in the first paragraph i'm gonna write this yeah uh in the second paragraph i'm gonna i'm gonna make this 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 argument in the third paragraph i'm gonna further support it by saying this and i didn't do that um and they both hated it and they both told me that i wasn't gonna pass the test and i got this was on a, a one to five skill, but I got fives on both of those tests and i was just like you guys um really really shoved it um, not that they ever cared or maybe even learned about it, um, but like just like feeling more validated by the people who had faith in me. And I'm straying from the point is that in my junior year, I wanted to be I wanted to take psychology, and the 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 class was too large, and so they 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 started by kicking out all of the 
juniors and for so the seniors could take it because they, they wanted to have the seniors to have priority and so I got kicked out of my class like first week of school and I didn't have a class and so my baseball coach who was the journalism advisor also was like mm-hmm. hey come do journalism and so uh this is funny he's uh this is not funny it's only funny if you think it's funny he um <laughs> is uh I'll be the Chad, Chad Moeller's brother do you know Chad Moeller Yankees catcher. Oh yeah. yeah He's yeah. just like like always um like second string catcher for the Yankees, probably for like five yeah. or six years. So my so Chad Moeller's brother uh is is uh is my was my baseball coach in high school huh. and also our journalism professor, uh, uh journalism advisor, teacher, whatever. And so that's kind of where I learned that I was interested in journalism, although high school journalism is not not real journalism, at least not at no. my school. So I thought no, we I, no, thought no. The, I thought the dicking around that we did in 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 fifth period for two years was like journalism i was like yeah this is awesome but i did i did like to to write and i i i kind of like i don't think i was very good still but like i you know just kind of again just practicing that that and sharpening that tool um was helpful and uh i i went to all right i went to college wanting wanting to be a journalism major and i i hated it i like genuinely hated Mm. it um and and i did enough of the credits to, to still major in it um, because it's like partly English classes too, but I ended up switching to, to economics, which really like probably was the right play from the start. Um, but again, it's almost the same exact story, Ben. I mean, I just, yeah, I, I yeah. mostly fell into it. Um, otherwise I wouldn't have pursued it in college. I mean, I would, I would have just, I don't know. I don't know what I would have majored in. I have no idea, but it wouldn't have been journalism. Yeah. I, uh, and... I definitely, I definitely remember thinking the, the journalism I was doing in high school was like Woodward Bernstein, like <laughs> top notch. I'm going to expose this school like or or that it was either that or I was um, um, Andy Rooney, like writing my, you know, what grinds my gears column. <laughs> 100% like, that. Yeah, it was one I, of the two. A lot of those. A lot of those. I, I didn't get into those. any to the school. The school newspaper class whatever it was was a super super competitive thing where i was so i ended up doing my senior year the tv show instead which was 10 Mm. times more fun i ended up i I was the sports guy for the tv show which i went to a thrift you guys had a tv show it was like a weekly thing you know it's it's a media class type thing for seniors who needed something to occupy their time so they didn't just leave school (laughs) but uh and so i went to a thrift store and for like spent like 30 bucks and got a bunch of like Craig Sager blazers straight from straight from the seventies and sat in these like awkward suits in front of a green screen and pretended to do my, my sports center thing. And it was actually great because it got me, our basketball team was one of, at the time, one of the top to rank top five in the country. Um, Jaleel Okafor was in my class. That's a name that sounds familiar to you. Oh, wow. Um, no, yeah, I know um, who yeah. Julia Lockerford is. Yeah, so we were very competitive in most things. And I got into, because I got, like, press credentials, I was able to get in, like, literally, like, media table level at all of these high school basketball events with guy like t- tons of guys who are in the pros and stuff like that and i'm just sitting there like with my little handheld recorder being like oh, some clips for the school tv show you know um oh man and yeah that's and pretty then, cool yeah less cool was when i decided to not take ap lit and took ap chem instead uh chemistry oh, because yes. i thought i was gonna have to take gen chem in college and 
wanted to get nope. it out of the way, not thinking, not considering the fact that a, like I was not going to get a five on that test, no matter what happened. I left a half of that thing blank, you know, isn't <laughs> that like one of the hardest ones? Yes. I, yes, I thought, it was. Don't, I'd I always was a hard headed 17 chemistry, year old. You know? Chemistry and the AP music theory, uh, AP tests it, were like exactly. the hardest. And then it's like, and I, so I did all that. I put myself through all of that. Mercy. And then I went to a freaking like liberal arts school where I majored in literature and had never had to take chemistry <laughs> class in my life. You know? That was it. Uh, gosh, oh high school God. is great, isn't it? Um, so <laughs> right. you, you mentioned that you did play baseball um, mm-hmm. in high school. And so just to dive a little bit further into baseball in general that we've already talked plenty of, of you said you fell in love with it at an early age and you uh clearly played it to a fairly relatively high level um what is it about baseball specifically that you love why baseball is kind of the central question here you know what you could have been as ben likes to say you could have done football or you could have done basketball there's a lot of other sports stuff you could have done why baseball mm-hmm. I think it's just my, my, my parents loved it. Um, they, my mom wouldn't let me play football. I didn't really have any interest in playing by the time I was old enough to do it. Um, never also really was interested in, in basketball. All I did, I did play for two years. Um, it was wildly mediocre. Um, did make one all-star team, uh, probably averaged like two points per game. It was pretty dope. Um, <laughs> but it was, I was, I think I was on the taller side. I think I was, I was, I was pretty committed to defense. Uh, I could, grab a board or two so that's where my 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 value was but um no i mean baseball just from the very very start um my both my parents loved it um yeah i i think like the thing that i loved most which is interesting perhaps you know i i don't know where when kids really start to love it or what part about it they love most i part of me feels like it's hitting um because that's where all the glory is uh, maybe if you're w- weird, you like pitching when you're small. But um, growing up an Angels fan, I I got to enjoy a lot of Jim Edmonds, and my favorite my favorite thing was a Jim Edmonds diving catch. And so my dad would take me to the yard, and instead of practicing throws, you know, practicing playing catch, I would practice diving. Yep. For for balls. I did and, exactly this with same, my brother. Yep. My brother yep. always wanted to do diving catches. Yeah. So he was, mm-hmm. and I know he's listening. So Greg, I remember this. He uh, he's one of the few consistent listeners that we have. Uh, and he would, we would go out in the front yard, we'd play catch, and he'd be like, "All right, let me throw me some dives." So I yeah. throw him a fly ball that was way off, and he would go and dive for it, and all that stuff. It's like the yeah. most fun. Yeah, and, you know, you're just a you're a young kid, and you're you know you just want to get dirty. But uh, you know, I I ended up playing center field in high school. I mean, it, it all it all comes full circle. I I um I got pushed to catcher in 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 little league because no one could or would play. So I yeah. was a catcher until I was 15. Um, I want to say I was a pretty good catcher, although I don't really have any don't really have anything to show for that. But when I was 15 the inverse happened when there was a kid who only played catcher and I was like, what the fuck? So we didn't have any, we didn't have any outfielders. I was like, okay. And, and I think the coaches saw me as capable. So they just pushed me to, to center field instead. And that's when I just became a center fielder. And I was, I was quite good. I was, I was fast. I was, um, I took to it really quickly. Um, I liked getting dirty. So I was always diving, covered a lot of ground. Um, yeah, I was, you know, I was a, I was a varsity captain. Um, 
I was gonna play D three at Chapman University, which had literally just oh, won the word. national champion in two thousand nine. Yeah, the year I was the year I graduated high school, they won the championship, so I was gonna be going to like the D three championship school. But I um I you know, I had a bad I had a bad senior year. Um and I and I was like feeling very uh I was feeling very kind of dejected about that and being like there's realistically there's no path forward like i'll just be doing this um where i should be focusing on my education probably so i i i I didn't turn anything down i just chose not to pursue it but um yeah uh so that's that's that that's uh that's my that's my uh my high school baseball story yeah um but also the thing that i have to i have to i have to say it and my friend if he ever listens to it's gonna make fun of me because i always bring it up Mostly as just like to be funny, um, but I, I went to high, I went to high school with uh, Freddie Freeman. No, yeah. oh really? Um, yeah, yeah. Freddie's two years older than me, and so we played together um, at least in the fall when we when we kind of were like doing inter squad stuff. But like our our varsity coach at the time wouldn't have anyone lower than a junior beyond varsity. So I was I was on the JV team when he was um, in his in his senior year. Um, uh, but yeah, you know I you know I took grounders at third base with Freddie Freeman. Um, oh wow. Uh, and so that's my man. yeah 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 the pride of Almadina. so um that's my that's my one anecdote about freddie who 100 percent does not re- remember where, where is he signed? <laughs> wouldn't recognize you me the, you have the scoop right like is he going back to atlanta I said you have the scoop right where's he oh signed? you know i honestly think he could come back here i do I, oh i'm sorry i say here he's not coming to hawaii he could come to hawaii. um no i think i think like just the way that the the way that baseball is trending with 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 owners being cheap asses, um, I just feel like you know it would be. I think it would be cooler if he stayed in Atlanta forever, um, or or until the sorry, forever until the end of his career. Um, but uh, but I, I, I also think Sunday. yeah yeah yeah. Um, but I also think um, if he's going to go anywhere, I think he might just go home because he's got everything he needs at this point. I mean, he he has a. He's gonna be set up with a plush contract. He has a World Series ring. Um, you know, I could very easily see him coming back to uh, Los Angeles or Los Angeles of Anaheim um, and being an Angel or a Dodger. Um, that that seems very of, plausible to me. The great city of Los Angeles of Anaheim. We know the Angels yes. are like contractually obligated to have a first baseman under a ten-year contract at any given time. Right, so right, right. We need make, someone to sense. fill that role um right like 10 million like buy him out till he's 43 perfect um 28 26 million a year um yeah no i think that's perfect that's perfect for us um hey. it'll be just right when right when trout's leaving um we won't re-up otani it will be just really a really spectacular transaction for all parties involved yeah that sounds good coming coming from a guy who's uh team uh gave a first baseman a extremely long contract uh in chris davis let me tell oh. you it's worth it worth it <laughs> definitely worth it it will not backfire how long was that all. one was that seven years so five, five. well so it's a bobby Bonilla contract because we're going to be paying him until about oh for the next like 10 year it actually mm-hmm. we will still be paying Chris Davis for the 2 3 years after Bryce Harper's contract ends. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. So, uh yeah, he gets a lot of a lot of money for a very very long time. Uh it was a 15 year 42 million dollar contract. 
1542. Uh, that's what Sport Track is telling me. That's not very there. much. Um, Man, wait, it, they make it sound so bad every well, time I so hear about that contract. We're pay- well, because he literally had the worst season in the history yeah. of Major League Baseball. Sure, sure, right. <laughs> but right. we're, we're paying him through uh, 2037. Okay, that's fun. Yeah. 2037, then, yep. Assuming that like, uh, the American empire hasn't completely collapsed by 2037, <laughs> I have to imagine whatever a dollar is worth then is going to be a lot less than a dollar now. So Yeah, I'm sure he's going to ask. Yeah. He's, at some point, he's going to renegotiate and have it be all crypto <laughs> or whatever. All, <laughs> Just paid all ship, of Bitcoin. Ship monk, or monkey <laughs> M- NFTs or whatever. 2033 through 2037, he gets $1.4 million a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so like I said, worth it. Worth it, definitely, definitely worth it. Um, So I do. I want to ask. We always ask about ballparks. I want to know how many ballparks have you been to? Uh, Do you have a favorite? And when you go to the ballpark, do you have something like a food thing you you always have to get, or is there like a ballpark specific? So basically, like, are you a you know whenever I go, I gotta get nachos kind of guy, or Mm -hmm. Is it like when I go to this specific ballpark, they've got this thing that is incredible and I always have to get that? Yeah, I'm definitely not that sophisticated. Um, actually, <laughs> my thing is I always wanted to get um, helmet ice cream because I wanted to get that little helmet. Yeah, man. Like, I didn't really care about yeah. the ice cream. I just want the I just want the little helmet. helmet I had like a, a nice little collection of uh, tiny helmets that in this day and age you can just – go on ebay or something and get one but i when I, you know when you go to a new park i literally always see if they have helmet ice cream or, or some some uh you know something akin to that yeah um, i've been to uh giants dodgers angels padres red Sox, reds uh seattle uh i that honestly might be it um that's a lot <laughs> i guess so i guess so i i i know that there are people who have been to many many more um I've seven three, seven so okay okay seven okay so seven's a lot seven's a lot let's say seven's a lot um but and four four minor league parks and my favorite park is uh is the hillsborough hop stadium in oregon um oh, hillsborough being just outside of portland um they are now the uh they are the low a affiliate i think now because they were rookie ball they were the rookie affiliate now they're they're low a i think as of last year um and that field is nice and it's astro it's astroturf um it's just like it's really pretty new so it's like just it's in pristine shape um but being oregon they're like very foodie beery people sure. so like sure. the options there for food and beer are also um spectacular so it's a really good experience because it's you know it's like a tiny cozy park with a lot of good options and uh yeah you know i mean it's it's uh you know the quality of play is whatever um but it's really at that point more for the experience so that's yeah definitely my favorite stadium that i've been to um yeah that is what if i told you what if i told you there is a paradise on the south side of chicago where you can get just about anything inside of a helmet (laughs) that you want Uh, Uh, is that is that um, is that the uh, White Sox Stadium? It is, is guaranteed it is. rate. Guaranteed yes, rate. Feel, is, as we learned during the playoffs, guaranteed rate stadium. 
as we learned during the playoffs, Guaranteed they've got great helmet feet. nachos. So Adam helmet Wainwright nachos, learned. great helmet ice cream. Adam Wainwright had got a kick out of all of it. Come through. That's... I'm I'm extremely interested. I mean, the White Sox have been my adopted team for uh for for forever. Uh, frankly, oh, because right of that. because of Mark Burley and because of Frank Thomas, um, mm. just forever. I've always been a White Sox fan. I have uh, two Great White reason. Sox hats. Um, uh, the the Mark Burley through the legs play to Canerco is the best play of all time. Um, yes, I am for all intents and purposes a White Sox fan. Fuck the Angels. That's that's <laughs> awesome. I wish I had known that. Unfortunately, if we only have. Don't have too much time because I could talk about talk about the White Sox for for a million years, as as Ben well knows. But um, then well, I could do the Orioles too, so I empathize. It's okay. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, so kind of following up on on that question and some of the stuff we talked about earlier, what if anything would you say is the coolest thing you've ever seen live at a baseball game? Oh, um, I haven't seen that cool of things i haven't been there for any like spectacular milestone um but i did see uh mike trout rob a grand slam at safeco so like we drove up from portland to safeco which is now not safeco right it's something else it's Um, uh t-mobile i think yeah um, <laughs> I know. You know what it's Shoemaker, not? It's not guaranteed rate with a big red arrow pointing down. So, nor know. is it American. I don't know, I don't know what's field. worse or what's better. Matt Shoemaker, the home run machine, was pitching, <laughs> and uh, it was like third inning, bases loaded, one out, uh, and like I'm possibly, you know, the only person who's not an Angels fan there uh, in the left field pavilion, and it's just straight away dead center. Um, and and trout goes up to rob it and um i lost it like i was like oh and the, you know the whole the whole stadium just like fell to a hush <laughs> so i'm like screaming my lungs out guy. that yeah. trout caught the that robbed this grand slam um i don't even think they scored no 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 they did score they 100% scored because it was one out so he was tagging but only one run instead of four um so uh that was pretty amazing but that's just like a day in the life of mike trout you know yeah um, yeah. The one thing, my favorite thing that ever happened to me was I caught uh, an Eric Ibar foul ball with my bare hands. So oh, that, wow. that oh, is nice. 100% the coolest thing that probably I would I would venture to say that 98% of the 40,000 people at that stadium thought that was the best thing they've seen in their life. <laughs> that was probably one of their highlights of their lives is watching they probably, catch yeah. an Eric Ibar fly ball. They, they probably ball. still talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, there's somewhere out there. There's an old person who's just like, yeah, that, that boy, <laughs> that, that, boy. that boy. I wonder where never he seen is. hands like them. That boy, <laughs> that 58 mile per hour flyner off of Eric Ibar's bat. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was a bullet. It was a really it was, slow. It was cannonball. so slow. It was just, I, it was coming to me in slow motion. It was really incredible. Which, which um, you kind of have to catch that then like if yes. it's really slow if I didn't catch you it, it would have hit it. my friend right in the face because she wasn't paying attention i swear to god it was like tailing right to her face and i was just kind of like boop so really also you saved a life i saved a i life. mean that's really that's there would have hero, been a lot of what, blood yeah no I doubt think, i think what we're Nobody getting at that. is you're you're a hero 
I am a hero. Uh, <laughs> I'm a hero. <laughs> we thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Look at the headline of this podcast. <laughs> Alex Chamberlain is a hero. national hero. Yeah. He is a goddamn hero. Um, all right. One last baseball question I want to get to before we talk about some random stuff. Um, all right. Now, obviously, the lockout is going on, and we all want that to go away. But with putting that out of our minds, if you're made commissioner of baseball tomorrow, what is something that you are changing about the game of about not the game necessarily game of baseball, maybe the game itself, but just about Major League Baseball or the game of baseball that is not lockout related? Obviously, we'd all like just end the lockout, but. Well, do you want me? Do I answer like sincerely, or do I answer this question like a jackass? However, I, you would like to answer. If I answer it like a jackass, I probably just say that um, you know I'm just a puppet uh, for the owners. <laughs> so if you put me in charge, I'm just gonna. The thing I'd change is probably to make the game worse. Um, I probably. <laughs> it's a very strikingly honest answer, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I probably like. I probably wouldn't care very much. I'd probably get paid like, like what I'm getting paid seven or eight figures to just kind of Rob be kind of. Be, yeah, 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 yeah. But if I oh, if God, I had any power, eleven million dollars? You are kidding me? Yeah, yeah. He just does. And he just does this. Ah. You know, he just does what he's doing. Oh my god! Um, it's, it's like the most plush job. I mean, because they they appoint him to that job, right? And the owners yeah. vote to pick a commissioner. So this guy, this asshole, is just uh, he's just selected to make eleven million dollars for basically no reason. I mean, he's not doing anything of substance. Yeah. Even if even if the owners had good intentions, um, he's not doing anything of value at this point. He's just a he's just a figurehead. He just he's just there. Yep. So anyway, if I had if I wasn't just a figurehead and if I did care about baseball, um, which I presumably I do, and I, I did have some power, um, I think I would. Uh, wow. Wow, a lot of lot of lot of talk. Big talk for this guy who doesn't know how to answer this question. I don't really I don't really see I don't I don't have a lot of complaints about baseball. I don't care yeah. about pace of play. I I guess like universal DH is the obvious one and I, I would do yeah. that solely because um I, I don't like pitchers getting hurt. But I also I also have like that that masochistic like kind of pleasure in watching pitchers suck really badly at hitting and then also when they do get a hit that's kind of fun too so there's like yeah there's there is a little bit of pleasure to be derived from that you know like I, i'm not I, I think we're we're way way too too strongly anti-pitcher hitting um, but 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 on all seriousness from a from a health standpoint you gotta stop hitting pitchers mm -hmm. um but um what would i what would i change what would i change um god i don't know i i don't know if i'd change anything guys um because I, I don't really have any problems with anything. Baseball's great. Honestly, I don't. I don't. Baseball's great. What would you guys change? Maybe I need some ideas. Maybe I just need that. Maybe I'm just well, not very So creative. I will say the most common answer <clears throat> that we get is uh, improve pay for minor leaguers. Oh, oh, oh. You see, now, you see, now I'm, I'm thinking too inside the box. I'm thinking about no, what's no, happening I, on no, no. the field. That's, I think that's, um, that's totally understandable. Yeah, so we, yeah. So we do get some about – we've gotten um, – I think Sean Anderson, our last guest, said uh, robot umps. He would he would institute robot umps and also mm -hmm. the big thing he he wanted a pitch clock, mm. which was an interesting discussion uh, and something that I kind of came around on it. At first, I kind of recoiled at the thought of a pitch clock, but the more he explained it, the more I was like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, I could get behind that. 
Which though, Alex, if you're if Mark Burley is one of your favorite players of all time, maybe you actually could get behind that more than we might anticipate. Because I think I actually brought this up to Sean, where it's like I yeah. I'm pretty iffy on the robot ums because I'm a one of those I enjoy the human element type people, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. A pitch clock, I could. I kind of had the same reaction at first. I got behind it because I stopped to think about it, and I was like, "Hey, we don't need you really like." far be it from me to dictate what a major league pitcher should do you know but i can say pretty confidently you don't need 25 30 seconds in between each pitch you just don't one of the joyous things about watching mark burley pitch was that beyond the the pitch contact you just catch throw catch throw. the perfect game was over in an hour and 26 minutes and the white Sox scored five runs you know Beautiful. And I thought, and it, you know, especially as someone, you know, the pace of play itself, like broadly speaking, doesn't matter to me. But when a pitcher can get you in and out of there in two hours, I think it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree that like at a certain point, you're not you're not really risking injury. I know that that maybe is maybe the like the, the most uh, compelling argument, but speeding someone up from like 35 seconds to 25 seconds is not going to cost right. them a ucl you know their their mm-hmm. their their ligaments are going to be fine i i have my idea yeah. and and pay for minor leaguers is great whatever you know pay yeah, them yeah, I gotcha. don't okay. pay them i don't care no i'm kidding um i would Here's mandate i mandate <laughs> alex, alex chamberlain, chamberlain does, does not, not want to pay minor minor leaguers. Leaguers. <laughs> uh, quote alex they should pay for, god, they should play for free god uh yeah it they they play for exposure. Um, <laughs> I I would mandate um, bullpen carts. Oh, and they have to be they have to be decorated and goofy. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like how they make mandatory come out with like a joke backpack, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, mandatory mandatory bullpen cart. If you turn down a bullpen cart, no, 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 turning it down. I think there I think there's something fun about walking out to a song to the mound. Yeah. Um, and I've had a lot of dreams about that, frankly. Like I, I'm, I don't want to be a pitcher. Although the best way to the major leagues is to be a mediocre reliever. Um, but uh, <laughs> if I was, if I got the call and I was the closer and I was walking out to the mound, I've thought so many times about what my song would be because you don't get yeah. ten seconds oh, yeah. at the batter's box. You know, you get like two two good minutes to like yeah, yeah. walk out and warm up, right? So I was like, damn, like there's so many good options. Um, so I think that. I, th- I think doing a mandatory bullpen p- bullpen cart would undercut that a little bit, you know, like it would, mm. it would take away from my opportunity to really play out like a very unpleasant song, which is, which is most of what my dream is about. So like, have a really unpleasant okay. song playing that the crowd hates. Like that's kind of like Grant Balfour always had the, um, like the Metallica and he had those guys with like the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I very much yeah. listen to like, I listen to hardcore and, and, and things that are maybe uh, as heavy or heavier than Metallica. So I feel like it would, there would be a small group of people who enjoy it. And then mostly everyone is very, is very turned off by it. But again, if I had the cart, um, I would lose a lot of that time. So it's, it's a price I'm willing to pay to be able to ride in a cart while listening to that song. Um, but it, Closers it, it is don't a get the cart, I think is the, the compromise here. If you're like um, coming out, if you're a schmuck coming out in the sixth or seventh inning, you know what you get. Actually, that's really good. It. I like the cart in the if sixth inning. If you're a closer, <laughs> if you're the closer, you get your song, you get the, yep. I don't know yep. if they do this. I know they do this at, at several other stadiums other than Sox Park, but they do the thing where they strobe the LED lights and everything's flashing. And then you get to walk out and take your sweet time and, mm-hmm. And you know, and you walk out to to a song that everyone like. You're walking out to like a Frank Zappa deep cut, 
that's just like a whole bunch of strange freeform guitar and the whole stadium's like what is this that would be perfect i love i love the idea of actually coming out to a terrible song that's hilarious i would that's that sounds like so that's a guy i would love to see is just like every year he picks a new song that's just horrible Awful. yeah, yeah. <laughs> has yeah. no mass appeal whatsoever yeah. and the thing is like you're so you're so good uh and, and you're and you're so good that you don't care um that like if, that. if you're threatened to not play like if someone up higher up was like uh yeah no no you can't do that and i'd be like all right fine i'm out and i just oh, walk yeah, like, you know like i've already made like i'm good enough i've made like a few mil um i'm set for the next you know several several years um yeah i yeah, know if you if you don't let me walk out to this really bad song i'm out <laughs> you know go find yourself like, a new closer yeah it, oh if liam God. hendrix wanted to come out to like lana del rey or something like that would anyone like who would would anyone be like eh, maybe reconsider <laughs> i would think twice <laughs> do your thing. exactly do your thing. so um, um I, I would I would like to move on to the sort of more uh <laughs> move on at the fifty third minute of the Let's, podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just we're we just got uh a, we just started. We're recording right now, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now uh so I want to get to the final little section that's just more random stuff. So we're gonna go uh a few things here and then the the final section of the final section is the full count. So we're going to ask you about the order of operations trifecta. Uh, we are going to ask you three MDES. things. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. PEMDAS. Uh, uh, Always Pem- remember that uh, comes up frequently uh, in my everyday life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, we are going to ask you three things, and we want to know the order in which you do each of those things. So the first thing, uh, when you get dressed, socks or pants first. What goes on first? Uh, well, specifically, I guess if I'm wearing pants, I, I'll put my socks on. Well, mm, wow. I'm really thinking about this. <laughs> Do I put pants on first? What the fuck? It can be totally um, like outfit dependent too. That's how it is something I've, yeah, we've had yeah, that. yeah. I think, I think when I wear shorts, I put my shorts on first. And if I'm wearing pants, I'll put the socks on first. So mm. I don't have to pull my pants up at all. Yep. It's yeah, like a very yeah. lazy thing, but I do not want to have to touch my pants again. <laughs> so I don't pull them I've, off. I've gone through the effort of putting them on once. What yeah, more do I don't want, want to have me? to touch them a second time. They just let them hang there as they're supposed to. I think this I have a, a different order deal. for each kind of – yeah, I think I have shorts first and then socks and then the other that's, way around. So that's pants. common. I mean that, uh, yeah. it's a pretty common answer to that. Okay. It's outfit okay. dependent. Especially okay. you are you are not outside the norm. shorts come out more yeah. than others uh all right so part number two of the order of operations trifecta if you eat cereal and you also drink milk and if you have the two together as most typically do which comes first <laughs> well i don't eat cereal but absolutely the cereal goes first before the milk um all right uh, you super I, cut get it lined up i know, I know. I, uh, <laughs> it's just like well how do you know how do you know how much cereal to put in and or and how much milk to put in. So if there's no cereal in there, you pour the milk in, and then you just start pouring cereal. And what? How do you know if you've put too much milk, too little cereal? Yep. The liquid has to go totally in after agree. the solid because the liquid fills in all the gaps. Like it yep. just it just science. science. It is science. Yeah. Yes, take that, Jake Seeley. It's, it's, it's just it's just general chemistry. How many? How many? Like this has been. We have now been doing this show for a year. 
It's like twenty. How many? How <laughs> like how many hours of content have we dedicated to telling Jake Seeley he's wrong? <laughs> oh well, everyone has to dedicate a lot of time to telling Jake Seeley he's wrong about a I lot mean, of things. So the supercut I did for our, the, we did a clip show a couple weeks ago, and I did a supercut yeah. of like the first twenty-seven people, twenty-five of which said, "Oh yeah, cereal. What kind of psychos are doing are doing milk?" You know, and it was, I guess that was enough. So. um Ben, you want to take it with number three? <laughs> yes, let's let's do the last one. And I always feel I always feel bad that we like rag on Jake, and I always feel obligated to say I love Jake, and he's a he's wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human. He being. takes it. He takes it in stride. Yes, he's he is a uh, delightful person. Anyways, the last one: um, when you brush your teeth, water or toothpaste first? What if I say I don't use water? <laughs> you? Oh man, are you about to tell me you raw dog it when you brush your teeth? I raw dog it. <laughs> you got to keep the bristles hard and (laughs) stiff so they so they brush your teeth more vigorously i'm just dying of the way you said that (laughs) hard and so aggressive (laughs) it should be noted that my so we're tech we're technically not allowed to curse i don't think so when i edit it oh i've said a lot of no 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 no, we we, we, we all curse that's the i use a um okay i i I paste a uh i paste a hawk harrelson mercy call over over every oh okay I like every that. leap we get so it's yeah. just that's just gonna be I just, a i just, just love gonna be a mercy it was just so like it, right. <laughs> I it wasn't bleep, it wasn't just <laughs> it wasn't just this is how i do it it was like you're goddamn right that's how it's <laughs> yeah well why i i don't i i'm gonna be honest with you i don't understand why you need the water i mean oh uh, to uh it's to not like the toothpaste the man. The, it's, like, it's fine the bristles are fine you got teeth, you got your teeth seal, made of marshmallow gotta, come on yeah. Tough you enough. gotta seal the toothpaste onto the, <laughs> onto the toothbrush, man. You don't need to seal it anywhere. Just put the put the toothpaste on the brush and then put it straight in your mouth. You're not waving it you around. You don't is? need to like make sure it doesn't fall off. <laughs> this is a fangraphs thing right here because you know who the other person who, yeah. who told us this yep. was the other of the thirty guests we've had. The only other person who told us this was Justin Choi. <laughs> so yep. Oh wow. <laughs> Yep, something um, in the water over there, or not? Yeah, I've never had any. I've <laughs> never once felt compelled to put water on my toothbrush, and I, I, my, I do it with my daughter. Um, you know, I teach her the right way. I know, I Nasty. fundamentally, I know that society looks down on me, um, <laughs> but I also, I don't care. Cause well, uh, well, I've never I'm, had a cavity. You know what? I've never had a cavity, and I don't put water on my toothbrush. Maybe you're doing so, it right. So you tell me. You tell me. I brush my teeth <laughs> look, with hard bristles. Look, look at the results. My teeth are made <laughs> of rocks, and they are fine. Hey, the bad process, good results. It happens, right? That's right. <laughs> bad process. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You can get bad process, good results. It's true. Um, it's true. All right. I I want to ask uh, one of my favorite questions. And um, it's a. I want you. I want to preface this by saying it's okay if the answer is no. But have you ever seen a ghost, or some experienced something that you could not explain? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I just know that when I was small, probably like four, five, or six, I had one time seen. I was still awake. Uh, all the lights were off and my mom or dad had like poked around uh, just like o- around the doorway just to, to check on me to see if I was asleep. And I, I happened to look up and see the head and just it was like it was dark. So it was just like a silhouette. And that actually that actually gave me that actually scared me for a long, long time. Like, I yeah, that lie you awake, just saw a disembodied head. <laughs> right. I'd lie awake waiting to watch 
to see the head like appear in my doorway. And and the thing is, I was I was old enough to understand that it was probably my parents, and yet it still scared me to think that someone had looked at me and this just <laughs> the silhouette of a head past my door frame. Yeah. Um, so that that actually scared me for a long time. But I I knew at the time that it it wasn't a ghost. Um, and I, yeah. I don't think I've ever had any supernatural esque uh, experiences. Mm before or since yeah yeah that's valid it's all good that we we get that plenty um we've More had some scary good parent stuff. scary parent no, no 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 uh, <laughs> no supernatural stuff no supernatural no funny stuff. business yeah. yeah 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 i mean i guess if it uh, happened to everyone it wouldn't be very supernatural you know, right so. it wouldn't be it would um, be, be very, like everyone would be very pedestrian I, natural i've i've it heard would be worth um, asking a question about on this very important podcast what was it we mentioned it oh yeah we it was um um ellen adair who said that like if you are open to seeing ghosts, the ghosts will find you. Basically, like mm. if you're if you're kind of like I want to see ghosts, then you're probably going to find them. Very very close so, off to ghosts. <laughs> I don't very blame you. There are good reasons I, for that. That's there's no, no judgment on this. There's unlike there's the a, there's there's a, no judgment here on that. One. There's a whole lot of literature written about why you should not be open to ghosts. <laughs> there's a lot. But, um, um, I, I do want to ask uh, you Zach, one more thing yeah. before, yeah, before we get on to the, the full count, our last thing. If you could uh, take this question in any – interpret this in any way you want. Uh, if you could sit down and have a conversation with anybody at all in human history, person, generic person, you know, whatever, who would it be? Sometimes the first thing that comes to the top of your head is, is the best answer. Yeah, no problem, even, if it, even if it feels stupid. The oh. first thing that pops in your head. Uh, yeah, it feels like it should be profound, and not. No, it does not have to be profound. My my daughter just escaped out the back door. This <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> right when I'm about to give a really heavy answer would be um, actually my my mom, who passed mm. away in 2014. Um, that was mm. the first thought I had. So, um, mm. yeah, I would you know uh, if I could sit down and talk to her again, that would be nice. Um, sure. Yeah. 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 Whoa, heavy. You're, actually, you're, you're not the first yeah, person who's given an answer like that. Okay. Either. Not yeah. at all. Not at all. Um, actually, that's pretty. Uh, we've gotten a few of those types of answers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my first instinct. But I, I feel like this is a question that I've had an answer to before. Um, and it's not. It's not a. It's not a baseball person either. Hmm? I want to say that it's like probably like a, like a an author or an entertainer of some kind. Someone who. Hmm. Um, a creative like just to to pick their mind to pick their brain about process you know like i think i um as someone who writes as someone who likes to write as someone who's very much not really creative um really much more uh journalistic (laughs) talking to some journalists you know i really i really excel more in reporting what has happened um or prognosticating but not really kind of manifesting something from my own imagination to to kind of talk to to someone uh, who is is very good at that and um and that's a very like you know there's there's all sorts of people on the internet or in books who can tell you what their process is and that's not very interesting to me i want to just talk to someone over coffee yeah um you know and, and just pick their brain about um process right now i'm listening to the it's always sunny podcast um, mm. i don't know if you guys are fans of it's always sunny i um, i like the show i'm not a diehard fan but i've watched okay. a lot of it I, the podcast like is the very funny the podcast yeah. is very funny and and it's a it's i've 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 listened to a couple of different podcasts where they 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 are doing these rewatch stuff um and there there's is interesting because they they write and and act so they they see yeah. both sides of the camera so um for anyone who's 
not even like necessarily interested in podcast or the show it's it's more interesting than other shows or podcasts excuse me like that where they are doing this rewatch bullshit yeah because um yeah because you get to you kind of get the process but they're also they also just spend so much time doing what we're doing which is just 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 shooting the with each other and kind of like you kind of see just organically what they do in the writing room um just by virtue of talking to each other Mm -hmm. on a podcast so it's it's been it's been fun um to listen to that and that's the kind of like i feel like that's the kind of conversation i'd want to have with someone Mm -hmm. over over a cup of tea i get that yeah for sure (laughs) that's cool no that's that's a great answer yeah Um, i like that i just don't know who i don't know who (laughs) no it's i that's fine i think that's a great answer uh so i would so we're gonna go ahead and move to the final final section of this. this is the full count in which we are going to ask you for a recommendation in each of five categories three and two full count hmm. oh um so i always preface this by saying it does not have to be some obscure recommendation or anything profound mm-hmm. usually the first thing that pops in your head that's what i want to hear so with that in mind the first category is books what is a book that you would recommend uh uh do i know how to read um, I guess that's. I probably should have started with that. Are you familiar with the written word? Yeah. Um, <laughs> ooh, wow, that's tough. I actually just read the a, American a book literacy recently. rate is going down this day. <laughs> well, let me. You know what? So I actually don't read a lot of books to the point where I read so few of them that I actually write them down. Um, which book did I like recently that I would recommend? You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to bear with me here. There's not very many oh, for me to read. Um, oh, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed. Short stories from uh, Raphael Bob Waxberg, who's the um, oh the, yeah, uh, Bojack Horseman. Yep, Our his short story. Cl- yeah, his short story collection, "Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory," was really, really good. Really Ooh. good. Um, so there's other books that I'd recommend, but that one um, I remember enjoying very much. And as someone, if you if you enjoy Bojack, you'll definitely yeah. enjoy it. But even if you don't, um, very strong voice um, and very very clever person um you can just really get hmm. that through the writing um yeah, so that was I, cool. I really enjoyed that one that came out in 2019 i think nice that's great like that one. uh recommendation number two that we are asking for is food and that can be like a restaurant a recipe an ingredient an item like anything vaguely culinary you know? wow wow i'm i'm quite quite passionate about food so i don't really even know um where to where to begin um i will say that my favorite f- my favorite uh ethnicity you know i like japanese food japanese food is my favorite i, I will eat literally anything uh, <laughs> uh i love japanese food um it's it's so it's so simple um it's very it tends to be very healthy i mean i'll i'll all foods can be good or bad in their own right, but just the the this this the simplicity and straightforwardness of mm-hmm. of Japanese food and recipes and and really the diversity of of all of of everything within that uh, umbrella cuisine um, is is really really wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And there are too many things for me to recommend. I could not recommend just one thing. Yeah. Um, but just my comfort food. Um, growing up was always Japanese, Japanese food as a food. whole. It's yeah. uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, all right, next category: movies and or TV. What is a movie and or a TV show that you would recommend? 
Uh, movie I think would be uh, for probably forgetting Sarah Marshall is is what great, always comes to mind for great some reason. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Or MacGruber. MacGruber. Oh, those dude. Two. MacGruber. Yeah. Are you yeah, watching MacGruber. the show? I haven't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched the show yet. I haven't watched the show. They made a show very Peacock. Yeah. A full twelve, full eleven years yeah. later. Um, and and <laughs> you guys, you guys have seen it, right? You guys have seen the movie. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so, I've never seen the movie, you, but like I've, I've oh, seen. Okay. I know all the spoil- skits, but I've never okay. seen. I've- I, 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 I won't spoil it, but like the way yeah, that the show starts, okay. from my understanding and reading the premise, is very funny. If you've seen the, if you've seen the movie, and I'm like already excited to watch it, and yet I haven't because I don't have Peacock. Because what the fuck is Peacock? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. and a TV show. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, but I really enjoyed. Uh, what was it that I watched recently? Oh, oh, oh! I'm a Bo- I'm a Bob's Burgers fan. I'm a Bob's Burgers oh. fan, but I could I could talk ad nauseum about when Bob's Burgers went south. So if I had to recommend like a seer a season range, it'd be one through five. If you're gonna start hmm. watching Bob's Burgers, you start from one, you go through five, you stop forever. Hmm. Don't watch the next six or seven seasons. Oh wow, that's one of those very shows strong that, opinion like, of mine. I, that's one of those shows I've I know if I started it, I would love it. I just mm-hmm. haven't gotten around to watching it. It's it's really it's, it's yeah. really spectacular at the beginning. Um, I'll it, watch it really falls anything. Apart. I'll watch anything H. John Benjamin's in. Honestly, he's the best. Love he's that best. guy. Uh, but but they make him not funny in the later seasons. Like really? they they have they have managed to make H. John Benjamin not funny, and that's very hard to do. That's extremely um, so hard I to would, do. You you really you really start to notice it at like season six or seven. Um, oh wow! But again, I could talk about this forever because i've seen every episode like two dozen times so oh man it's been a show that's been on my my like to watch in the nebulous background of my brain for quite some time so watch it watch it take stock of that for sure um sticking with pop culture uh what is a music recommendation that you can give to us uh my favorite band of all time uh might be the wonder years are you guys familiar with the wonder years pop punk out of philadelphia they're very good every time i die was a hardcore band they just broke up they're from buffalo um i would recommend either of those two things if i had a walkout song it would be an every time i die song Mm. um just truly like pulverizing um just absolutely bone crushing riffs sometimes um very much a math core band um and very <laughs> nice. um i would i would call them cerebral um but they were around for like 23 years and they just broke up recently which is very sad mm. um that's my recommendation so now you can now you can now we can come full circles because you can go listen to every time i die you can be like wow that really sucks <laughs> i really do not enjoy listening to this and then think about you it's the ninth inning your team's holding like a one zero lead and I'm You're walking out to every time yeah. I die. Yeah, and everyone's just like, "Oh, wow!" Just kill the when tension. When is this over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so know what? Now, Actually, I kind of want us to lose now. I my when I was in college, um, we had my last three years. Uh, I was a pitcher at Bard College. Um, did not win very many games. I'll say that much. But we had a closer when we were when we did win games. We had a closer who used um. Oh man, it was a Motorhead song, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I assume it wasn't Ace of Spades. It was not Ace of Spades. No, it was um, whatever. I'll, the chase I'll come is to better it. than the catch. Overkill. I don't know. 
It was a like it was someone's um it was a so wrestling wrestler intro song. It's uh, whatever. Uh, but it was he was like a real tall kind of gangly kid who would wear his socks high and he had rec specs too. So it I would had be rec specs. Incredible watching whenever he would come in to close a game at home and he would have this um you know this heavy ass Motorhead song playing jogging in from the bullpen and looking at the kids in the dugout on the other team just kind of being like. The first like, <laughs> like Chris Sabo, definitely a psych out. Of... Definitely a psych out. Oh, yeah. it works. It works. Um, all right, the final category: miscellaneous. Anything from your life so, that you would recommend? Oh, no, you're all good. Um, anything from your life that you would recommend? Miscellaneous. This can be an activity. This can what be a place, hell? a person, a thing. This can be oh, a uh, place. That's a good idea. Literally anything. It can be a practice that you do every day. It can be a gadget that you own. Literally the first thing that pops into your head, what would you recommend? Well, uh, let's do a place. Let's do a place. Yep. Um, no, let's not do a place. No, let's do a place. <laughs> I went um, I went to Europe in 2018, um, and we hit all the major kind of spots. Spots, you know, kind of like the trendy, like we went to Venice, we went to Paris, but we also sure. stopped in Slovenia and there's this, uh, there's this town called Lake Bled. Um, and it is like possibly the most beautiful place I've ever been. Um, hmm. a lot of good hiking, um, a lot of beautiful scenery, a lot of like, um, gorges and hiking. And I said hiking twice. I don't really give a um, the, ble- <laughs> uh, the the lake is amazing. There's a, a a church on an island in the middle of the lake that you can like ride a gondola out to. You can you can row your own gondola out there, or whatever. Um, and it's just like no one talks about Slovenia. No one goes there, so it's not really sure, like on yeah. people's radars. So when we went there, it was just very tame. Like we, it was not it was not very touristy or crowded the way that like these other places were. And it was it was profoundly more enjoyable than anywhere else I've been. Uh, possibly in my life so um if you do have the the great fortune to be able to travel um safely uh and um stop by um slovenia which is just outside of italy if i'm not mistaken very close by um yeah go to Lake Bled. um very very incredible place that's great visit Bless slovenia up. Visit. I don't know. Slovenia, I st- Slovenia, Slovenia. I don't know. Slow. Oh, slow I don't know. It, I don't. I don't know slow how. Will. How is it pronounced? I don't Slovenia? know. Slovenia. I don't know. I, don't, I always said Slovenia, but Slovenia. You know, I... The Balkans are super cool. The Balkans have a ton of history and a ton of really cool, beautiful scenery. But for they really do um, numerous political, military, humanitarian reasons, hmm. it has not been a particularly feasible tourist destination um, for much out of. <laughs> That is true. century yes. or so. That's a good that's, one, though. I would love to go there. A way to that's say great. it, yes. <laughs> well, anyways, Alex, thank you so much for joining us here on Shag and Flies. It has been a joy to have you. It's uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for being yeah. here. This is, thanks. Uh, this thanks is for, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sorry for yeah, making us wait. Possibly, Zach asked me, I think, four months ago. Oh, uh, so this has been a don't worry about it. A long it's time okay. coming. I'm just shoot um, arrows off into the yeah, 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 yeah. Don't worry about it. Well, I strung you along. Yeah.